All right, folks, it is our final show before the game in Blacksburg, Boston College and Virginia Tech. We're going to give you a preview, some predictions. We're going to go around the country and look at some of the other games. Mitch Wolf for an extra episode today. That's going to be fun. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked On, T.A.J. Black here. I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Mitch, it is time to start talking some B.C. football uh, and hopefully get ourselves, uh, B.C. gets themselves off of that slide after last weekend's loss to Rutgers. How are you doing, Mitch? You know, some people say when you have a friend or somebody that has a problem, you're supposed to say something and intervene and all that. I appreciate all of our listeners and subscribers who are enabling my addiction to watching terrible football and having to go back and watch the BC Rutgers game again and again. So thank you to everybody who's reading my recap articles and uh, enabling my addiction and masochism to bad football. I mean, Mitch, I... You know, as the publisher of that site, I couldn't get paid enough to watch that game again. And you went because <laughs> I think I look like Jeff Halfley right there. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's it, you have to move on, though. It's one data point. It's time to move mm-hmm. on to a game between another team that played sloppy football last weekend. Virginia Tech. Uh, Grant Wells, as I said the other day, four interceptions. They could not move the ball on offense at all. And they lost to to 17 Mitch what were some of your in that game I mean it 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 looks a lot like the BC Rutgers game honestly I mean you look at the team like Virginia Tech you know they actually like you know were decent on third down they converted about a third of their opportunities you know it's not like Old Dominion was moving the ball any better they had less yards per pass fewer yards per rush they turned the ball over twice they had 60 yards of penalties themselves they only held the ball for 25 minutes and yet somehow they came out ahead Virginia Tech had more passing yards. They had more rushing yards. They had, they had a lot more penalty yards and they turned the ball over a ton. Uh, so, you know, I think Virginia Tech's it's kind of a interesting mirror of BC right now where they came out, had a disappointing game against a, uh, well, I mean, more of a, a normal rival for them. BC's kind of a weird, a Rutgers is kind of a weird rival for BC, but you know, I think this presents BC with a good opportunity to get back on the schneid, because, get back off the schneid because I think Virginia Tech is really kind of, in the depths of a rebuilding phase right now. And I think they're kind of lacking talent right now. And, you know, I think, I think Brent prime might be the guy for the job. I'm not sure. And if he is, it's going to take him a few years to get this program back on track. But right now I think they're really in dire straits. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that lost a ton of talent in the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. They tried to, you know, uh, reestablish what they needed to do. And I I go back and I look at a couple of years ago when, when Virginia Tech see in Blacksburg, and I, I remember watching her back then and going, wow, they've got a good quarterback there. And then they basically, I, if I remember correctly, they just couldn't figure out how to even use him. And now he is a potential long Heisman candidate. And on instead, you got Grant Wells. Mitch, talk a little bit about this quarterback from Marshall and his uh, very bad game last weekend. So I remember back in 2020 when Marshall played Appalachian State and Grant Wells as a redshirt freshman, I believe, looked 
awesome. And I was like, oh, this dude's this is fun. Like we got this really fun G5 quarterback. He's good throw, really accurate. And he had a decent 2020, but then in 2021, things kind of came crashing down. And I think he had the most turnovers of any quarterback in FBS. Uh just really struggled. I think just with his decision making, being able to read defenses. And it looks like those issues carried over when he jumped. Well, we say he jumped up a level, but he was essentially playing the same kind of opponent he was last year um, with, I would argue, about the same level of talent. Um, the for B, From B, BC perspective, you know, I think he presents a bit of a different threat than all the Rutgers quarterbacks did. All those guys were, well, it's hard to say. I think he's a lot like Evan Simon, the guy who ended up being the most efficient of the Rutgers quarterbacks from the last game where he can scramble a little bit, but he's not, he's definitely not a running threat onto his own, into his own self. Um, and he can be accurate in the short areas of the field and not be too bad there. But there are times where he just makes kind of baffling decisions and doesn't take care of the football kind of like Simon did, you know, Simon didn't have to pay for a lot of his, those mistakes, but you know, he had, he had one fumble. I uh, arguably could have had another on that to bury hit from behind. Um, and he just didn't have to throw the ball a lot towards the end of the game. So he didn't have to put the ball in harm's way. Uh, so I think, you know, this sets up well for BC. I think that what they're going to do is they're just going to drop a lot of guys in coverage and not really blitz wells and just try to, you know, dare him to decipher the defense, dare him to throw it deep. And ideally the secondary will make, create a lot of turnovers. I, yeah. That's what I said on a earlier episode is this is a perfect game for BC's defense because mm-hmm. One of the things that Rutgers did well was they didn't shoot themselves in the foot too much. Mm-hmm. Other than that, that one or two drops in, in penalties. Yeah. And, um, and, the two, and the two fumbles they had, they got lucky where, you know, the one yeah. uh, they were able to recover on that jet sweep. And the other one, you know, Josh DeBerry and Cam Horsley collided into each other and essentially knocked the ball out of bounds. So, you know, two lucky bounces there helped Rutgers and, you know, with, with Virginia tech, you know, the turnover luck is it's two different teams, but it's typically doesn't go the same way back to back against a team. Right. Right. And so I think I feel pretty good with BC's chances. Now, of course, if they go with tackling and, and, you know, scheme and and getting where they need to be, that's, that's gonna That's, I mean, you you can't change that. If that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. They're going to lose. Mm-hmm. The defensive side of the ball, though, for Virginia Tech, I feel like they've got a lot of talent there, and they showed that against ODU. While the offense was not able to do much of anything, the defense, I thought, you know, really showed up and did a nice job. And, you know, they got some guys like Dax Hallfield and some of the other guys they see on Saturday that really could cause some problems if BC's offensive Yeah, I mean, the whole point of bringing Brent Pry back was to, you know, essentially bring bring back the Bud Foster defense is that uh, Justin Fuente kind of got away from after Foster retired. Uh, I mean, yeah, last last week, Old Dominion's quarterback, Hayden Wolf, he only completed 40% of his passes for 165 yards, no touchdowns. Um, he did have three drops, so that helped him a little bit, but still. Um, and they got, of those, out of those uh, 30-some dropbacks, uh, 37, I think, he was pressure on 20 of them. So they were getting pressure on Wolf consistently. Um, I just realized that we have the same last name, just one letter different. Um, but yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech can pressure the quarterback. They've got a really experienced, good secondary with um, Jamari Connor, who's kind of, he's kind of there, Jaden Lars, what Jaden would be as a kind of versatile safety slot player. They got two experienced, decent corners in Dorian Strong and Amani Chapman, who, you know, I think Chapman's going to be the one that's going to be locked onto Flowers, kind of like Max Melton was supposed to be for, Zay, for Rutgers. Um, but I mean, we saw Zay break that guy down and I can't imagine he's going to have any trouble with the other guy from Virginia tech. Um, and of course the issue is BC's offensive line, you know, can they fix some of the issues they had last week against Rutgers where, 
guys couldn't pass off stunts well. Some guys were just missing on their assignments, completely whiffing on blocks. So, as I mean, as long as BC, like you know, BC's offensive line set a pretty low bar last week, and if they can just be, you know, a little bit better than last week, you know, they BC offense should be able to you know get back on track and make some decent plays. That's what I keep saying, right? Like I, I've I've moved on from the BC's offensive line needs to be serviceable, but to BC's offensive line just needs to take a step forward. We yeah. just need to see some sort of progress from last week because, you know, the mistakes are so visible. Mm-hmm. Mistakes are anyone. And as, as much as some folks out there might already be done with Googs after one week and, you know, not getting into who get who's done with who he's a veteran, you know, offensive line coach. I'm sure he saw what he saw and is able to say, okay, this was an issue. Like you're saying the stunts, right? Mm-hmm. We can fix that here. This is what we need to do in terms of communication. And, I have faith, you know, and it's, it might be a little okay here that this coaching staff's going to see that stuff and work on some of it and fix some of it in a week. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I mean, it looks like the Virginia Tech defense, at least this year is they're a little more willing to blitz than they were under Bud Foster. You know, they kind of stayed in their shells and kind of let offenses screw themselves up. But now it looks like they might be a little more willing to blitz, which is really what gave BC the problem is when the uh, defense brought five or more guys, you know, the, the offensive line really couldn't pass off those stunts. And granted, I don't think they're going to be, you know, a, a lot better at that in just one week. That's something that develops with experience and chemistry with working with the guys next to you. Um, so that might not get really fixed until, you know, a few weeks down the road. Uh, but, you know, again, like we said, if they can just be a little bit better, give Dracovic a little bit more time, give the running backs a little bit more room, you know, this offense should be able to, get back on track. Ideally, you know, they won't make as many mistakes. Ideally the defense will, you know, be as good as they were against the past last week and hopefully better against the run. All right. In just a moment, Mitch and I are going to give our predictions for Saturday's game between BC and Virginia tech. You want to hear if we pick BC to win, uh, maybe we're a little bit more pessimistic than we were after the. So betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. I love using BetOnline, uh, you know, Thursday night football. Uh, yeah, but, you know, Bills at minus two and a half seem good to me. And I went on bet online and I got some action on it. Now you can head over to bet online. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including major league baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts. All right. Locked on BC, AJ black here with Mitch Wolf, who's a staff writer and check out his, um, his his articles that he's written this week. I rewatched the BC Rutgers game, so you don't have to part one and two. Very uh, insight into what went wrong with BC last, and uh, you can see he does. He's got video examples in there. Check it all out on Eagle Insider. It's free to read that stuff, but we also have some uh, primo stuff behind our VIP uh, paywall that you can also join up and and become part of that as well. All right, so. Saturday, BC plays at Virginia Tech, and I had said all along that I, you know, going into the season, I had BC winning this game, and then when the schedule came out and they announced that this game was going to be at night, I was like, okay, that's like a five-point swing right there, Uh, because Blacksburg and Lane Stadium has a very weird aura 
at night and is one of the most unique places to play in college football at night with enter Sandman and in the loud student section. And if you're, if you're looking along on YouTube, I've got one of the most famous uh, lane stadium for BC fans uh, in 2007 with Matt Ryan. And there's along with 2007, the new uh, weather report has BC and Virginia tech playing in rain again. And that, to me i was saying i texted mitch about this mitch was like oh i think you you were like oh that's not good for bc because now you have to rely on the run game more but i well that it might actually neutralize a few different things that might be that might be an issue but on the other hand the loudness factor when rain happens at college stadiums kind of dissipates when it rains because fans don't like being out in the rain and they can't be as loud what are your kind of thoughts about this game so far mitch in terms of that that kind of set up yeah i think with where these two programs sit you know the rain i think i agree with you the rain will kind of dead in the crowd uh i think if you have two like good teams like in a marquee matchup it, the rain can it kind of becomes it doesn't matter as much because tans just kind of like get into the game it doesn't matter um but with you know two teams coming off close losses to rivals uh you know I think fans are just be like, ah, whatever. This team, the Virginia fans will be like, ah, this team's rebuilding. It's cold. It's rainy. I don't feel like going out there. Um, and Virginia Tech, like you said, is one of those places where I have this. Uh, it's kind of a theory I've heard of elsewhere, but I really like it. Where night games in a stadium like this, and I think at like Oklahoma State, um, it the night just seems darker. That it looks blacker, and for it's weird. I think it's just because they're in these small towns. Um, Oklahoma State's one. I, I kind of think like. Um, Oregon State's the same way where if they have night games there, it just seems so much darker than any other stadium, but I digress. Um, Like I've said, I I think BC is going to win this game. I know they're not favored according to Vegas right now, or I'm looking at bet online and BC is now, or sorry, Virginia Tech is now favored by only two and a half. So I think the line has gone down a little bit to the point where if this game was at a neutral site, uh, you know, it would essentially be a pick them. I think BC fixes some of the issues that they had, in the last game, again, I don't say, I don't, I don't want to say they get them completely fixed, but I think they will at least look a little better. I think that I was saying at the end of my last article that I don't think last game is a, ta- a game where you burn the tape or you bury the football to say, okay, guys, we just got to forget about it. I think there's a lot BC has to learn from it. You know, we talked about the offensive line protections. We talked about, oh, we didn't dive into it as much, but something I talked about was how the linebackers weren't as aggressive against the run as they needed to yep. be. Um, so, you know, those are two things that they're going to need to do to order beat Virginia Tech. But at the end of the day, I just think BC is more talented. Uh, I think that they have uh, better schemes on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think that, you know, I think I think Virginia Tech's kind of in a place where, you know, going on the road, losing to your rival, coming back to a night game in the rain. I think they're just going to be kind of like, uh, this sucks. Whereas I think BC is going to be more angry about losing. I think they're going to be like, all right, we got to write the ship now. So I think you're going to see kind of a, a fiery comeback game for BC. Um I won't give a score, but I definitely think they'll win. I think they'll cover, or I guess, well, obviously they'll win. They'll definitely cover. Um, uh, interestingly, the over is plus 100, and I'm not sure I agree with the over, but with a plus 100 there, you know, double your money, I, I might be tempted by that. That's well, what's the what's the over-under? It's 47. Okay. And the over's at plus 100, so if, if, if this was even money, I wouldn't do it, but with plus 100, that's a, that's a, that's a flirty little number right there. All right. All right. So here's my kind of perspective on this game. I kind of agree with Mitch here. And 
I actually, I've been on a couple of Virginia tech podcasts and, uh, the IMG pregame show is just kind of weird. If you want to listen, if you listen to like the John Mita Perel v- version of the shows for Virginia tech and Rutgers pregame, you could hear me talking about BC. Uh, but when I was talking about the games, I, I, I mentioned, um, you know, the, obviously the concerns of the offensive line and how concerning, you know, that's going to be against a Virginia tech defensive line and defense. It's, as good, if not better than Rutgers, but I'm going to stay positive about this. I, you know, I think BC fans at this point, we're all jaded. I mean, they're all jaded about this kind of stuff, right? They're like, you know, we've, they've sat through the Kings wake forest games where they've watched their teams kind of collapse, but it's the first game of the year. And I think that point gets lost a lot. And I think there is, as, as Mitch kind of said, there's too much talent on this team. Like BC has a lot of veteran talent on this roster that are going to, they're going to rally the troops. This isn't going to be a young group. That's going to kind of get lost between the Phil Dracovics, the Zay flowers, the, and on defense. I mean, you got Mar- Marcus Valdez, say what you will about his play. He's a leader back there and they really respect him and Chibuzian Wuka. And um, and Wuko, so, underrated, had a really, really good game against Rutgers. It's, you know, it's kind of hard. He's not going to show up as much on the stat sheet, but he had a really good game. Right. And so you get all these vets. You have these guys that can do what you need them to do to kind of rally the, the, the young guys up and to, to get them going. And I feel like that's going to happen. I feel like the coaching staff, as much as some folks were like, they're, you know, incompetent, they're never going to fix this. I think BC staff is going to fix it. And I have said all along, and Mitch already brought it up, Virginia Tech's a couple years away. They, they're going to have to have to rebuild a little bit here. And BC is not in a rebuild mode right now. They are already on year three. So I have BC winning. I think it's going to be a sloppy game um, with rain. I, I expect I, I expect mistakes. I expect this not to be an easy win for either team. But I'll have BC covering this one as well. Well, that's my choice. If you agree with me, or you disagree, go in the comments section, uh, hit the YouTube comments, put your score down. Say, you know, AJ, I don't, I think you're full of it. I think they're going to lose by 25 points. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you want to put, throw it in the comment section. It does help people find us comments on YouTube actually is like a really great thing for us. So um, I'd love to get more than just the Rutgers fans that still are in my comment section. Like a week later, I'm assuming they're going to continue. Um, and, and the ECU fans, I think they still kind of come around as well, but get, get yourself back in there. Give your comments. Tell us what you think is going to happen. Um, we'd love to hear it. And we'll Mitch and I will, or I will, I will respond to you uh, in a timely fashion. Now in our final segment away from BC for a little bit, Mitch and I love, we all love college football. I mean, if, if you're like me, we, we watch it, you know, from Friday night until uh, Hawaii closes up, uh, closes up the weekend. And Mitch and I are going to look at some games, talk about some of the spreads, look at the bet online spreads, talk about our picks for this weekend. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our quest for 600. Right now, we are at 470 subscribers here on Locked On BC. Um, When I started the basketball season, I think 140. So we've been doing great numbers in terms of growing. And it's been, I think we're at like 250 during the spring game. So we've grown quite a bit. 
Um, and it's been because of you, the followers. So if you're listening to this and you want to hit that subscribe button, it would be a huge way to help our podcast. And we will be going live. I am going to, and I don't know if Mitch is available, but I will. Uh, after the game, I'm going to do a special episode to, to just recap the game uh, with live reactions to whatever happens on Saturday night. It's going to be early in the morning, uh, probably right after uh, the press uh, conferences, because I can do that mobily. Um, and then after that, I'll jump on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button and hit the little bell so that you know that we're live um, and you'll get a notification and you can jump on and you can interact with us. So make sure you hit subscribe on Locked on BC right now. All right. Time to talk some gambling. Let's do a little, do a little gambling talk here, uh, Mitch. Responsibly. Uh, responsible gambling. <laughs> of course, we would never, ever tell you to not uh you know, do the right thing. So we're looking here at uh, some games this weekend. And what was the first one that you want to bring up, Mitch? My first is what is uh, comically known as El Asico, which is the Iowa State, Iowa game. Um, and I'm not <laughs> sure if you caught this, but Iowa played South Dakota State last week. Seven and to three. One, one seven to three. And the offense didn't score a touchdown. So, yes, the Iowa defense scored two safeties and a field goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, Iowa, also known as Nepotism University. Um, anyways, so right now the over-under for this game is set at 40. And Iowa's favored by three and a half. And, I mean, I'm not sure either of these teams can score each 10 points between them. So, I mean, I'm hammering the under here. Um I think this this is just going to be an absolute punt fest. Um, so if that's what you're into, uh, I would highly recommend taking the under here and just watch this complete <laughs> offensive ineptitude in Iowa. All right. And now I'm going to pick the next game. I'm going to talk about Tennessee and Pitt. Um, now, Pitt had a nice comeback win against West Virginia last week. Uh, really looked good in that backyard brawl. But of any team that I feel in the SEC is going to take a big step forward this year, I'm buying in on Tennessee. I just said it earlier. I, I think Hennon Hooker is a good quarterback, and he's that college quarterback in a game like this could, that could cause some real issues. It's a six-point spread, but I think that Tennessee is, you know, they've got some really I, – I was looking at a stat, and they have, you know, really tall wide receivers in Pitt has, I think their defensive backs are like 5'10". Both of the starting corners are 5'9", I believe. Yeah, 5'9". I mean, it's MJ Devonshire, and I think it's still Marquise Williams. So, yeah, so they're huge, both like 5'9". Huge issue and mismatch, mismatch there. So, I'm going to go with Tennessee easily covering the spread here um, in this match. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you know, again, like you said, Pitt, nice story last week. You know, had a big play to beat West Virginia. But Tennessee's a completely different animal. And... You know, Pat Narduzzi is going to want to be aggressive on defense and be conservative on offense. He's going to want his corners pressing those big Tennessee wide receivers. And Tennessee runs arguably the fastest offense in college football. There are going to be plenty of plays where they snap the ball and Pitt isn't even set on defense. So I would absolutely take Tennessee here at six. I'd probably take them even more because even when Tennessee gets up by two scores, you know, Pat Narduzzi is just going to, going to want to run the ball and kill the clock. So you know, I don't think it's really going to matter. I think Tennessee's going to wash Pitt, unfortunately. Which one do you have next, Mitch? Um, this is uh, this is week two is always a very funky slate. Um, I'm going to go with, and I'm sorry to all the uh, troops out there, but I'm taking UTSA uh, minus three over Army. Uh, Army is, uh, I think Army's, you know, they're kind of taking us another step back this year. 
Um, not as bad as Navy, who's really fallen into the pits. But, you know, UTSA had, a, had an emotional loss uh, in a home game against Houston last week. I think UTSA is just a much better team than Army, who lost to Coastal Carolina last week, I think, on the road. So I'm taking UTSA minus three here. The Roadrunners are still a really fun team. They, I think they only lost uh, like one, one or two big players from last season, uh, their corner and their offensive tackle. But Oh, and the running back. They still got it. They've still got a really good team uh, out there. So I would take them over the over Army. All right, and then I get my my final choice is I, I have to. Last year we had a, a running theme with what happened to UMass and UConn. Oh no, they <laughs> they have their own. Um, they have new coaches now, and I'm not into just trashing them. So I I'll keep them. But I looked at the the over the spread in this as Syracuse. And it's a 23 point spread. And anytime you have a bloated spread, it's always kind of tough to gauge what you're going to get. But Syracuse walloped Louisville and get well. And, um, you know, Sean Tucker played well. They had a great game. The defense looked nasty. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Syracuse easily covering the spread. Yeah, this is a tough one because that 23 and a half is a lot of points, especially, I mean, not that it matters that much, but Syracuse is going on the road to UConn. And I think UConn has been a, been a pleasant surprise. You know, they they hung tough with Utah State despite losing a lot of key players to injury. Then they come back next week and they beat an FCS team, which is all well and good. But I I, I don't think I'd touch this one just because I, I this, this reeks of a backdoor cover by UConn late in the game. But, uh, I mean, I think Syracuse wins comfortably. Um Let's see who's uh who are the Minutemen playing? They're okay. playing um Toledo. Oh, that that's kind of a fun. twenty-eight 20... point spread. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, I, I think Toledo might do that one. That that's that's one I would not. I'm, I'm I'm sure this is on uh what's that fake television channel that Massachusetts always ends up on? Oh, um, uh, <laughs> Flow Spo Flow Sports. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I imagine that game's gonna be on those channels. Um. I think the biggest game, though, this week is Kentucky-Florida. And, you know, Florida had a huge win against Utah in the Swamp last week on a, you know, last-minute interception in the end zone. Uh, Kentucky, they beat Miami of Ohio, probably not as bad as they wanted to, but they they beat them. Um, and now Florida gets another home game against kind of an SEC East team that's been really solid in that division the last few years. Um Six points, uh, you know, full touchdown. The quarterback battle is going to be really fun. You know, Anthony Richardson had a huge game against Utah. Will Levis is, you know, an NFL draft darling at this point. I think Florida comes back to earth. I'll take Kentucky and the, uh, I'll, I'll you get those extra six points for Kentucky. Um, you know, I, I think that this one will be another close game for Florida. I think they'll eventually pull it out thanks to the home field advantage. Uh, but I'll say Kentucky covers here. All right, Mitch. Well, that's going to wrap up our conversation about this game. As I said, I'm going to try to go live after the uh, BC Virginia Tech game in the wee hours of uh, Saturday night slash Sunday morning. So if you're around, make sure you subscribe. I'll be watching Mississippi State, Arizona (laughs) at 11 (laughs) 11 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Mountain Time for me. So that's good. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. so Mitch, where can people find you? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, on Twitter. Uh, and as I've said before, I'm also one of the fantasy and betting, betting editors for the 33rd team. Uh, you know, obviously the NFL season started last night. I believe the Bills are up 7 nothing as we record. Um, make sure that you're heading over there for all of your fantasy betting DFS advice. And also we've got some really cool NFL analysis from a lot of former players and coaches on there. So make sure you head over to the 33rd team.
All right. And I'm AJ Black, uh, editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. Make sure you're uh, subscribed over there. Uh, check out all our work. And uh, you can follow me on a- at AJ Black underscore BC or Locked on BC on Twitter. I will have full recaps. Mitch and I will be having full recaps of everything that happens in uh, Saturday's game. So make sure you check that out. And we'll be back on Monday. Uh, well, actually, on Saturday night, Sunday morning. But our official new episode will be back Monday to kind of recap and react to everything that happened over the weekend. From AJ, from Mitch Wolf, this is AJ. See ya.